Hello, I'm Ava DeVoe. Welcome to this podcast of articles from National Geographic Kids magazine, a presentation of Airs LA. Today's article is a continuation of the special forest issue from the May 2022 edition, Temperate Forest, Little Weasel. Scurry through these temperate woods alongside this cute critter. Your vehicle zooms through a forest in England filled with oak, maple, and beech trees. It's spring, and the trees are just beginning to regrow their bright green leaves. Temperate forests are known for the changes they make during the spring, summer, winter, and fall seasons, unlike tropical forests, which grow all year long. A nimble little weasel scampers through the bush in search of a meal and tries not to become one. These weasels are tiny carnivores, says Yane Sandel, a weasel researcher at the University of Helsinki. They'll visit every hole and cavity to hunt for mice and voles, but they have to be careful to stay undercover because they're prey too. Little weasels prefer to rest underground in burrows they stole from mice and voles. Their long, thin bodies allow them to easily slip into tight places, Sundle says. The cozy spots are great places to hide from owls, raptors, and foxes. But little weasels sometimes scurry up into trees. They're good climbers. Sometimes mice will try to escape up a tree, but a weasel could easily follow them, Sundle says. They'll even race up trees when they hear tasty baby birds chirping. And when they're back on the ground, little weasels take advantage of the underbrush and last year's fallen leaves to stay hidden. The critters move so fast in between hiding spots that it can be tough for researchers to count them. Sometimes it's impossible to say whether it was the same weasel or if there are more of them. The little weasel peers at you from its hideaway in the vegetation as your vehicle lifts up through the air. You need to get ready for the warmer weather at your next stop. You're headed to the tropics. Forest life. You asked what else lives in this temperate habitat. You can find Caesar's mushrooms, named for the Roman emperors who liked to eat them, popping up under oak trees in Europe. Red squirrels store acorns and nuts in the ground or in the bark of trees to survive the winter season. And when they forget their stash, the buried seeds grow into new trees. Deciduous trees, like oaks, elms, and beeches, have wide, thin leaves that change color in the fall and eventually drop off the trees. With fast wing flaps and quick moves, Eurasian sparrowhawks are known for agility and speed when flying in temperate forests. Next up, tropical rainforest green and black poison frog. Hop along as these amphibians take tadpoles up into rainforest trees. You feel the temperature and humidity rise as your vehicle whirs through the canopy of the tropical rainforests of Costa Rica. A type of forest that grows along Earth's equator, this warm and rainy habitat supports more species than any other ecosystem. You notice a splash of minty green on the rainforest floor. It's a green and black poison frog. You might not expect such an eye-catching creature to be out during the day, but the frog's bright color alerts potential predators that it isn't good snacking. 
The frog has stored up poison in its skin from the ants and termites it eats. Many frogs lay their eggs in different watery spots, but the female black and green poison frog deposits up to 10 eggs right on the rainforest floor before hopping off. That way, the male can defend the eggs altogether rather than travel from pool to pool to keep them safe, says Sabrina Burmeister, a professor of biology at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. But once they hatch, the gilled tadpoles need to be in water. So dad piggybacks one or two at a time into the trees up to 80 feet. He'll leave each tadpole in water that has pooled in leaves or tree holes, where the baby will grow into a frog. These treetop nests are safer than predator-filled rivers and lakes. But how did Dad find those tiny nurseries in the first place? Before the eggs hatch, the males explore their environments for suitable pools of water, and then they have to remember where they are, Burmeister says. That way, when they're carrying their tadpoles, they can go directly to the pools. As a sudden downpour threatens to soak the rainforest, you climb back into the vehicle and head off. You won't be dry for long. You're headed to an underwater forest. Forest life. You asked, what else lives in this tropical rainforest habitat? Kinkajous guzzle yummy nectar from flowers and get a face full of pollen. So when they select another snack, the raccoon-like animal rubs pollen onto the next flower, allowing the plants to reproduce. Twisted woody vines, called lianas, help form the tangled network of branches in many tropical forests. Some animals use the vines for traveling through the jungle. Others eat the leaves, sap, and fruit this plant provides. Leafcutter ants carry bite-sized pieces of plants to their underground nests. But instead of eating them, the insects chew the bits up and spit them on fungus. The fungus then consumes the plant goo, and the ants eat the fungus. Towering 20 stories high, the kapok tree is like a giant apartment building for frogs, birds, and plants called bromeliads that live in the nooks of the bark. The tree's flowers emit a foul odor to attract pollinating bats. Up next, kelp forest, sea otter. Splash into an undersea kelp forest with these marine animals. Your vehicle hovers above the Pacific Ocean off the California coast, where you can see long, green, tree-like seaweed underneath the clear water. Called a kelp forest, the swaying stalks seem to wave back and forth at you, while curious sea otters swim up to check out the scene. A type of seaweed, which are algae, not plants, kelp grows in dense thickets along coastal areas around the world, creating forests that can grow to be a hundred feet tall. The underwater jungle attracts all types of animals looking for food and shelter. The biodiversity of these forests is through the roof, marine ecologist Joshua Smith says. Kelp forests would rival any tropical rainforest or coral reef in the number of species they support. 
No wonder sea otters hang out in kelp forests, where they can feast on snacks like crabs, snails, clams, and sea urchins. Nutrients in those animals' poop help the kelp survive. But those tiny critters also eat kelp, so the otters help keep the habitat healthy when the marine mammals eat those critters. The kelp forests aren't just a buffet for sea otters, they're also a perfect place to snooze. The dense canopy of the seaweed stretches up to the ocean's surface, so otter moms can wrap up their babies in the leaves to keep them from floating away while mama forages for food. It's a cozy place for sea otters to rest because there's a lot less wave action, Smith says. It also provides protection from predators like killer whales and great white sharks. The sea otters dive below the surface as your vehicle lifts off above the water and flies over the beach. You're off to your final destination, the past. Forest life. You asked what else lives in this kelp habitat. Gray whales cruise near kelp forests on their yearly migration between the waters off Mexico and the Arctic Ocean. One of the whale's favorite snacks, tiny shrimp, swarm around the kelp beds. Firmly anchored to a blade of kelp, the lion's mane nudibranch hunts for teeny sea creatures called plankton. The strange sea slug sweeps its jellyfish-like hood to grab its grub, then snaps it shut like a Venus flytrap. Giant kelp grows up to two feet in a single day. Bubbles under the fronds help keep the kelp upright so they can soak in sunlight to make their own food. Sea stars are scavengers of the kelp forest habitat. They feed on dead animals and kelp pieces that have drifted to the seafloor. Prehistoric Forest Giraffe Titan Travel back in time to meet a giraffe-like dinosaur that ruled the ancient forest. For your last stop, your vehicle transports you somewhere really far away. Approximately 145 million years ago in what's now the African country of Tanzania. As you lower the vehicle toward a prehistoric forest, a massive head suddenly pokes through the treetops. The giant animal is using its mouth to yank leaves off trees. You've spotted a giraffe titan, a dinosaur named for its long neck and towering size that could grow to be 75 feet long and 40 feet tall. The dino isn't alone. Three other giraffe titan eat nearby. One is a baby, munching leaves its mom drops on the ground. These gigantic dinosaurs might look terrifying, but the only buffet the herbivores want is a treetop one. Giraffe Titan was likely warm-blooded, paleontologist Paul Upchurch says. They need to eat a lot to keep up their energy, maybe up to 440 pounds of plants a day. Herds of Giraffe Titan made a big impact on the prehistoric forests, stripping leaves from hundreds of trees as they roamed, They'd even push the trees over if they couldn't reach food at the top. You notice that this herd has eaten most of the leaves from nearby trees and are wandering out of the forest, searching for their next meal. They won't return until the vegetation has grown back. They might trek a north-south path, 
moving with the seasons, Upchurch says. That's how they get the best eats. The herd barely notices your vehicle lift up through the canopy and zoom away. Your forest safari has come to an end. It's time to return to the present to discover how you can help protect forests today. Forest Life You asked what else lived in this prehistoric habitat. Coniferous trees, trees that have cones instead of flowers, were an important food source in prehistoric forests. Several species of dinos, including giraffe titan, feasted on these trees. With a swift swipe of its spiky tail, Kentrosaurus could shatter the bones of its enemies. But, like its cousin Stegosaurus, Kentrosaurus ate only plants, dining on large amounts of green moss and cycads. Seeds from cycad plants were a popular snack for some forest-dwelling dinos, because so many dinos ate and then, um, pooped out the seeds, cycad plants were very common during the Jurassic period. The pterodactyl, Tindagripidus, had wings as wide as a peregrine falcon's. These flyers likely ate shellfish, but they might have also scavenged the forest floor for leftovers from other carnivores. That brings us to the end of today's articles. If you'd like to find out more about Airs LA and the types of programs we offer, follow us at any of the social media links at the top of the pages on our website. Please help us out by clicking the like buttons. This podcast is for sole use of our blind, low vision, and print-impaired listeners. Any unauthorized use is prohibited. I'm Ava DeVoe, and I'll be back soon with another article. Thanks for listening!